listening to the Pasco Podcast with Mike Carvalho. Welcome to Season 3 of Pasco Podcast, a series about leadership and public service. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the nearly 600,000 people of Pasco County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we're able to bring you this podcast. This podcast is designed to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the experiences of our peers. Hi, I'm Mike Carvalho. Welcome to our 25th episode of Pasco Podcast. Joining us today from our code compliance team, we have Director Patrick Arrowton and Operations Manager Pat Phillips. Patrick, Pat, welcome today. How are you guys? Great, sir. How you doing? Awesome. I, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. It's always a good day. So glad that you guys are here. And so um, I guess first thing, you know, Patrick, uh, talk to us a little bit about your leadership philosophy. You're new here in the county, right? Been here maybe about three months, three months, three months. Fantastic. Um, tell us about your leadership philosophy. Well, if you look at traditional leadership styles, I guess I would fall into that old laissez-faire, laissez-faire, where if the – I don't like to micromanage, hire the people that can do the job, they do the job right, and I kind of get out of their way, ask questions when I have uh, questions for them about things that even I don't understand, and then take care of the things – politically or administratively and kind of let them do their thing. That's that's kind of my philosophy. Gotcha, gotcha. And you know, and 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 to take that take that a step further, you know, here in Pasco County where we, we try to make sure that we empower our folks to do their jobs. So it sounds like you're you're right on board with that. And then as servant leaders trying to clear obstacles, right? So in your particular case, let's let's look at any sort of political things or things at at, at your level that you can get out of the way for people so that they can go forward and and, and do their jobs. Pat, I mean down a little closer yeah. to the action there on the operations sure. side. How about yeah. yourself? Uh, a lot of those traits are very similar. Um, the only other thing that I can really add would be, you know, I, I like to, as a leader, create a family first. Um, I think that's crucial. When you create that family, then you build the workforce. And by doing that, the mission will automatically come into play. Um, it's very difficult to maintain control of a mission as one person. But if you create that family, you don't have to worry about the mission because you can check on it, but it's always being ran. It's Correct. It's fairly smooth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that falls in with that people purpose performance, right? Our people are like our family. We They know yeah. their purpose. Performance is going to take care of itself at, at the end of the day. Yes, so, sir. Awesome. So how long have you been with the county now? Uh, October 10th will be 30 years. 30 years. Wow. Yep. So did you start out in, in code or? No, I actually started out uh, October of 1992 in animal control as an animal control officer. No kidding. Just came out of the military, was making $6.50 an hour and went to work every day saying, I do this job for free. <laughs> so how did you end up getting into code compliance? So back in 1999-2000, uh, they switched from the Code Enforcement Board to the court citation. And with that system, it's totally different the complete opposite systems. And because I was doing it down at animal control for eight years, a little bit over, um, they had asked me if I would come over to code compliance, code enforcement, and not only assist with the transition, but also help train uh, the officers to oh. transition into that phase. So um, 
without realizing it, I found what I really like. Uh, and I've been here ever since. That's excellent. That's excellent. Um, and, and obviously, whether formal or informal, in some kind of leadership capacity, did you ever have yes, a sir. longing or did you ever, you know, realize at a point in time when you wanted to lead others? You know, it was at a very young age. Um, when I was 23 in the Air Force, I put on staff sergeant, started being a fire team leader for airborne fire teams and uh, leading a squad of five in a Huey H1. That's where it all started. Awesome. Right there. Awesome. Patrick, same question for you. Hmm. Well, that's a good question. I spend time in the military. I'm not sure if when I was in that I was really prepared at that point. I think the military guided me. And it was when I went into law enforcement that uh, I think that leadership came out probably much later than than you, later on down the road at least. That's okay. We won't go there. We're <laughs> I know. I know. We're, we're <laughs> in the same age bracket. Uh, so we, so I, I, the things weren't going well to one place that I worked at. I didn't like the way the leadership was moving. wasn't like here. Uh, so I campaigned for sheriff. Lost the election, unfortunately, because I, I ran as an independent. It was a heavily one-way political side. Uh, lost the election, but uh, it was then, it was before I ran that I think I said, you know what, it's time to move into this leadership role and stop just taking a seat in the back seat and let's do something. That's awesome. Is there, uh, is there any, anyone or anything that's been a, a bigger influence on, on, you know, when, in terms of leadership, what, what has been the biggest influence? Of those, for of the you, jobs? Just for you in general. I would say the career in law enforcement. Okay. Yeah. It okay. Really, really has made a huge difference because you a lot of cops say that they don't see the results of what they've done over the years, but I've been lucky enough to see it both at the patrol level and the supervisor level to see the difference um, that you make. So I think that probably weighed a little more. How did running for office and then obviously not, not getting the result that you wanted, um, how did that shape you? It definitely makes you realize that you have weaknesses. You need to work on those weaknesses to make yourself better. You also need to do a lot more research on certain <laughs> things when you get put in the public's eye, like here, you're in the spotlight. Uh, you need to be well-versed. So yeah, it, uh, it, it shaped the way I think and has shaped me to move in this this type this type of position as a director, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's um, it was a life changing. I like what you key in on 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 weaknesses and, and self awareness. You know, being being aware of what you're good at and what you're not so good at uh, is is important. And and a lot of folks will try just to shore up, spend their energy shoring up their weaknesses sometimes, which which I mean, it's okay to soften it a little bit, but but focusing on your strengths is is usually what uh, what I encourage people to do because we're all going to have weaknesses and I always I always look at it as if if we were all um, you know we had no weaknesses then we probably don't have any strengths either and we're all kind of mediocre it's our strengths that really make us who we are and and uh, but being aware of where what our shortcomings are and what we're good at and what we're not good at is is key so that self awareness is fantastic um, Pat um, any lessons about leadership in the course of Thirty years here uh, that that maybe oh, you'd like yes. to share. Yeah. Well, one of the biggest <laughs> things is recognize you're going to make mistakes. You know, um, just because you're in a leadership role, uh, you're going to make errors that are going to impact your employees, your mission. The biggest thing is to own it, because I feel that 
as a leader, if I go to my subordinates and say, hey, you know what? This was incorrect. I like the way you want to run this or do this. Let's roll with this. Speaks volumes to them because they know that you're human and they can respect the fact that as long as you recognize your mistakes and own it, they too will do the same thing. You know, I think you key into on, on, you know, some of our top two core values there with integrity and in respect, you know, part of integrity is, is just that it's owning it, right? It's oh, not, yeah. not trying yes, to sir. shift the blame or, or, well, you know, it's this, this person's fault or that, you know, you own, you own it. And through that integrity, we build respect. And, uh, that, I think that's, that's a fantastic lesson. Uh, how about you, Patrick, any, any, um, any successes or challenges about leadership that you'd like to share during the course of your career? Sure. The challenge is right now. Okay. In the last 90 days. <laughs> yes, it has been. <clears throat> Moving into something, you know, that I have some familiarity with, the enforcement side. Uh, working with these, this group of guys and girls over here has been um, a life learning experience. And I think this is the new challenge. You know, can, can I live up to the expectations of what we're talking about and what the county would like? Uh, to see going forward. So this is a challenge for me to move into this role and start something, a little something that I might not be uh, comfortable with, but uh, I'm looking forward to the challenge. It's not being familiar with it. That's making yeah, me uncomfortable. Yeah. Which will, that'll change over time. I guarantee. Getting better. Real quick. Getting better. Well, you're doing, you're doing some innovative things already. And we've, we've seen that and, and, and the team is, is making, making some good progress and it's going to continue to grow. I know we're adding a few more, few more folks for you, mm -hmm. uh, in the upcoming uh, budget cycle. So, uh, we, we hope to, hope to, uh, alleviate some of those challenges, but they're always going to be there for us. But, uh, I think you guys are, are ready to, ready to face them. Um, how do you continue to build your leadership skills um, professionally? So kind of, you know, outside of work, or you, do, you, do you do things that kind of continue to sharpen that saw, if you will? Read. Okay. You know, read the uh, latest and greatest um, that the leaders are out there uh, putting out for people to read. Talk to people. Really, just talk to people who are in various other positions and jobs. And ask them, hey, you know, what, what type of leadership, like you just asked me, you know, what's your philosophy? What makes it work? Especially when you're in, um, you know, even just a retail store or a grocery store, stop the manager and ask them, mm -hmm. hey, you know, seems like you got a good store here. Things are going well. Your employees are great. Can you just give me a little tip on how you keep them happy and how you keep them out here keeping us happy? So I'm, I'm always picking brains to uh, find out what's going on and read, like I said, follow up uh, on some reading on some things and see what's going on out there now. Anything on your nightstand uh, today? Not today. I've taken a couple of weeks off from reading. <laughs> just taking it easy right now. Yeah. Because it's this 90 days of drinking out of a fire hose has been enough. So reading's on the back burner for the moment. I completely understand. <laughs> Pat, how about you? You know, it's somewhat similar. I like to look at the industries like uh, the private businesses. Okay. And seeing how these small businesses that started very run a one-man crew and now they're running six or eight, you know, what are they doing? The other thing is I like to follow, of course, military leaders. Um, when you take people that were very successful on leading squads through what were some of the worst conditions that we've probably seen in combat since the Vietnam era. How did they do that, you know? Um, and 
learn about, you know, like Leaf and Jocko, who were squad leaders over in Iraq and the city of Ramadi, you know, after it was attempt to be taken three times and was unsuccessful and they finally took it over. What were the leadership traits that they carried? And one of the things I noticed that was very similar was they made sure their people have very clear, concise direction and they made sure that they're fully equipped to get the mission done. Might not have been pretty, mm -hmm. but it got done. Right, right. So again, yeah. getting back to that, making sure that you know, you've know you taken care of your people, right? They've got their resources yep. and they, they are clear on their purpose and they know what it is that they have to do. And, and no matter what the job, some jobs that could be very, very concise, other jobs it's it's broader and more and more complex. You know, the, the, the higher you go, even in terms of leadership, your job is, is more more complex the expectations of that so again being able to simplify it for for our folks to to give them that clear sense of purpose and then that's where it all starts where it right all there. starts fantastic clear vision fantastic um so patrick i know you've been here for for 90 days uh, but perhaps even from your law enforcement background we know that uh, deepening our bench is is important especially as, as folks promote or we move on and things are there any uh, how do you identify and and more importantly how do you raise leaders to 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 build that next that that bench here within your organizations well you look at experience experience is a big thing uh, who is coming to the table with that uh, you challenge them, give them some, uh, you run some ideas by them and see what ideas they have. And the way you just, the overall promotion of them is you just got to let them work on their own, do their own thing, and then eventually they're going to start coming to you with the questions. And I, you know, my job is, well, not in Pat's case, because it's been 30 years and you don't want this job. <laughs> but my, if my, it was 10 years, I wouldn't have right. wanted that job to say. So for me, it is trying to find that successor, get somebody ready. And that's just looking at performance, talking to people. Um, hey, what are your expectations? Or what are your goals? And then um, help them find that information. And then they can pick my brain, much like I was just talking about a little bit ago. Um, that's how I kind of... That's how I kind of work it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Pat, how about you? You know, right now I got three squads with three squad leaders. And as I analyze the squad leaders, because I need to make sure that the time is going to come within at least the next five years at the longest that I will be gone. And I need to make sure that there is somebody that's willing to step up to the plate, get into that position and run this department into a smooth transition. Hopefully that I would never be missed. You know, that's my goal. With that being said, I see some very strong squad leaders, but I also see some strong squad members. So that transition starts as of a year ago to train them. Um, if I go on vacation, have them fill in for me. Mm -hmm. you know? Some of them are like nervous. Well, <laughs> it's to be expected. Of course. And I just simply say, hey, listen, if I can do it, trust me, you can do it. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's my angle. That's my okay. philosophy. I, I like the humility there. Humility is a pretty important part of being being a leader as well. And and getting getting our people ready is it's it's a tough job. I mean, it really is. We get we get so bogged down in our day to day 
firefights, if you will, that it's it's tough to remember that we've you know, we've got to, you know, continue to build the organization. Mm -hmm. It's like, and you, you know, I'll key in on one other thing that you said, Pat, and that was, uh, you know, probably run better or something when I'm gone or run, yeah, you were something to right. the effect of it doesn't really matter who's in charge, right? It, it's, you know, if we're doing it right, if we're getting the culture right and we're getting, you know, we're getting our, our team right, then we're, we're, we're kind of plug and play the next, the next person in will just, will be able to carry the mantle. And I mean, I think, uh, you know, some of your military training on that, where we kind of, you know, you cross trained and you, you understand what, what it takes to get the mission done. So, cause that's the ultimate, the ultimate objective there to get things, get yeah. things done. Yeah. And just to add a little bit to that, mm -hmm. when you take one of your subordinates and put them in your position, not only does it give them a sense of pride, if you would trust, but it also develops motivation because now they're motivated to try to do the best they can with that time they're going to be filling in my shoes. So I think that in the long run molds a good leader for the future, because if you motivate the leader, what happens to the subordinates? Right. They motivate too. Right. So. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Patrick, any uh, any tools or or wisdom uh, that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Sure. Make sure you have a good manager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Makes life a lot easier for you. Uh, no, I mean, wisdom, I would just pass on to people that if you always strive to do the right thing, you can never go wrong mm -hmm. and always be honest. Those are probably the two biggest things I would pass on to anybody. Do the right thing, be honest, um, and then add in those small things that we've talked about here. Treat your people uh, well, and the mission will always get accomplished. Yep. Very well said. Yeah. Exactly. Ditto, huh? Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> All right. Well. Oh, here comes the fire sheet. I got some lightning round questions here for you. To I kind can of make see it, there's flames. You can't, well, we, oh, there's there's flames all over this thing. We'll, we'll start easy. We'll start easy. Pat, yeah. cats or dogs? Oh, dogs. Patrick, go-to snack? Snickers. Snickers. Like it. Most random statistic you know, Pat? Calls for service. Perfect. And what are they? As a <laughs> 16,700 something it was. <laughs> okay, close enough, close enough. Um, what movie do you enjoy quoting the most from, Patrick? <laughs> no idea, probably don't, Full don't Metal Jacket. Okay. Full Metal Jacket, uh, there's, a, there's a slew yeah. of them in there. Uh, well, we already know your first job. What was your first job? Goodness, I was a landscaper. Landscaper? Yeah, cut Christmas trees. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. What was your first job? I guess in high school, maybe. Uh, it, it actually was a dishwasher. Dishwasher. Russell Steakhouse. Yep. Perfect. Best job I ever had. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Best. Second, Second best, best, right? Second best. <laughs> um, would you rather travel to the past or the future? Oh, the future. Without a doubt. Same question. Yeah. Future. Future. Definitely. Love it, guys. Love it. Well, listen, Patrick, Pat. Yes, sir. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you in the future here at some time. It was great to have you both. And a special thanks to our media relations team who make this effort possible. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Pasco Podcast. I'm Mike Carballa. We'll see you next time. For more information on Pasco County government, please visit mypasco.net and check us out on Facebook and Twitter.